And some of you might be enjoying the time off of work, um, getting to go outdoors. It's beautiful, sunny today. Some of you um, might be a lot like what I had last week. My, my family was in Texas, so I was almost too isolated in my own home. So I think I got a little bit of a taste of, of what these next few weeks or months may be like, and it's okay. God is there with us. You're not truly alone, even though our feelings often lead us that way. We're not. So this morning, before we get started, but um, we're, we're continuing. Actually, we created a whole new message series called Faith Over Fear. I figured we might be talking about these things for a few weeks, right? And we'll pull different scriptures about faith over fear and how we can lean in God. But, but this morning, I just want to say, acknowledge a few things that are happening around the community that makes me smile, honestly. It gives me hope. Um, first, that our church reached out along with others to just love on our senior community in assisted living. Um, we tried to beat the virus before it got here and just bring balloons and flowers and cookies for the staff to our neighbors right next door. Thank you. Um, we may or may not be able to do that again until this is all over, but I'm told that there was huge smiles on all of their faces as one by one those flowers and balloons were delivered. Thank you, thank you. Um, also, uh, I just want to let you know that many of you have signed up to um, pick up groceries or prescriptions for those that are shut in homes, um, those that cannot leave or, or risk. Thank you for that. It's encouraging to see so many want to be able to help in any way that we can while we're isolated, right? Um, you can sign up for that online, uh, KodiakCBC.org, uh, but thank you. And the, the child care thing as well for parents. We're figuring that out, how to connect those dots in a safe way. We've got a great uh, ministry team here, but thank you guys for signing up to be available. That list is filling up as well. So you guys are a loving community. Like this is what the church is here for, right? It's it's so funny how we often stress about, you know, what are we do we need to paint our walls? Is it time to change the carpet? You know, what's the worship like today? And I think every now and then we get a reminder of I want I want us to know what the church is really here for. Right? To be loved, to be Christ in a tangible way. Thank you. You're doing that. Um, also, I want to invite a friend up here, special guest, Mr. Axel. So we've got a fun announcement today, um, and these guys are super innovative. What's up, bro? Doing well? Yeah. We're germ-free right now, aren't we? I think so. <laughs> um, so we have an announcement today. Trail Life, uh, are we the first chapter in Alaska, or we're the eighth chapter in Alaska? Trail Life is kicking off today, and if, so we're honoring the... Um, you know, the isolation rules. So we will be kicking off Trail Life online today. Is that right? Yeah. So meet Axel, meet Damon, meet um, Steve Sharon online as they kick off the first project for you guys in Trail Life for our young men. And um, that's at KodiakCBC.org. It's going to be awesome. Yeah? Good, good job. I'm excited you're a part of it. Yeah? You have any wise counsel for these guys? Any any fun words? No, no, just be there, right? <laughs> All right, you're awesome. <laughs> See, uh, I'm trying to high five them or something. It's so hard not to. So open your Bibles to Philippians four, four through eight. I'm gonna read this for us, and then we'll go through it. Many of you know this scripture. The Apostle Paul was writing. He was actually exhorting, encouraging uh, fellow believers to pray 
um, in this specific um, circumstance, he was actually inviting people to work their differences out. Um, I'm not going to go through all of that. I feel like um, we've been unified and our differences are kind of invisible right at the moment um, so as a community. So let me just skip down to Philippians 4. 4. This is instruction for us while we're socially isolated. Pay attention to each line in this and see maybe what God has for you this morning. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then this last part. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. I think it's important. Paul's trying to give us a word. He's trying to say, like God is saying, we don't need to be anxious. Like, we don't need to fear. And funny enough that he has to tell us this, right? Like, he knows this all too well. Like, if I had to tell you over the last seven days, like, how many times I got anxious or let fear creep up about, I mean, a number of things. Even ask Catherine this week how, how setting up for live streaming is going. She'll tell you it's pretty, it's pretty full of anxious behind the scenes, right? We're scrambling a little bit, hoping this thing goes well. But I am thankful that, that we have a team that actually puts their time together to do this. Like I, I was a little bit fearful, honestly, that my wife was traveling from spring break from Austin, Texas, back to Kodiak. You know, I was kind of, I'll be honest, I was one of those guys online watching half the community says shut down the airports or lock them in. The other half says, no, just let them come in and quarantine. I'm making light. But we all have those thoughts, right? God says, do not be anxious. First, he starts with rejoice, rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. In this next part, I think is the reason why. Which is because the Lord is near. In times, I think when we're most fearful, in times when we're most anxious, I think God just wants to say to you, I'm near. Like I am right there with you. There's a reason why He sent Jesus Christ back to this planet 2,000 years ago. There's a reason why He died on the cross for us, for our sin. I think in the word sin is anything that misses the mark for what God had planned. I mean, I, I think we're living on a fallen planet where we have darkness and sin. And yes, it's man's sin, but I also believe it's also sin and darkness that's, that's just roaming on this planet. Could it be a virus? You know, could that be cancer? Could that be many things that honestly we can't put our heads around, but it misses the mark of what God originally planned? He's saying, do not fear in that. Like, trust me, I'm working all things out 
for your good. Rejoice in the Lord always. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. He's in our church right now. He's in your homes right now. He's near to you. Do not be anxious about anything. And I think in your notes, if you're online, you can click on the notes tab. It says full stop. Like we often breeze right past that, you know, do not be anxious about anything. Like that's it. And it's almost a command. He's saying, look, I I want you to just be, have peace. Take assurance. Do you really believe that I'm near? And I have a test for you in that in just a moment. We're about to find out. We don't have to be anxious about anything. We don't have to be anxious about the stock market. We don't have to be anxious about our jobs. We don't have to be anxious about our loved ones, maybe that are immune compromised. I have two in my home. And I, I, it's easy for me to let my brain kind of go there, right? We're smart, and, but, but I think our intelligence and our foresight often helps us fast forward to a what? We've said it before, to a negative conclusion. And I think God's trying to say, wait, like before you do that, before you fast forward to some conclusion that's of you, remember what he says? My thoughts are what? Are higher than your thoughts. My ways are way higher than your ways. Trust me, I am near. We don't have to be anxious about anything. Maybe maybe the world needs to hear this. We don't need to be anxious about whether there, there's enough TP or not, right? Bullet paper. <laughs> I mean, even in Kodiak, I think I bumped into even Dr. Even Jones in the in Safeway, and I said, "Man, I'm I'm here to to at least grab a pack. I don't know if there's any left." And sure enough, I got down to the aisle, and it's super empty, and there's three cardboard boxes. By the way, check the cardboard boxes because there were two packs left in those, <laughs> even though it looked like the aisle was empty. We don't need to be anxious about that, guys. And um, I hate to say it, but I I think the church, we stock up monthly and we're not using it right now. So maybe we have like 24 or 48 or or whatever we can give out. out. Yeah, we can. If you need it, it's here. Let us know. We don't have to be anxious about that. I'm kind of joking right now. Do not be anxious about anything. And here's how. For those of you that are anxious, please tune into this part. If you don't hear anything else I say today, here's how. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your request to God. It's really easy, but we often don't do it, right? It's really easy, but we just, we don't do it. Pray. In every situation. It's not some spiritual term, guys. This isn't like theology 101. This is like, for those of you that haven't done this in a while or out of practice, praying, all it is is talking to God. It's talking to the one that loves us. And funny thing is, is he already knows what's in our hearts and minds. There's a reason why he has to tell us, do not be anxious about anything, because he already knows what's in there. But he's trying to give us some peace. I don't know about you, but there was a time in my life that I thought, you know, too often my prayers look back, they were, they were half-hearted. They were just like, you know, I, I don't know if he's, he's listening to me. Like, I don't know if he hears me. Or maybe when you hear the word prayer, you, you think of, hey, little Johnny, it's time to eat your vegetables before dessert, right? 
You're thinking, praise like praying's like eating your vegetables when you don't want to. I'm getting to a point here in a moment. Prayer, prayer is like having a car. So I'm thinking of Steve Paulson's, you know, Daytona right now. And prayer is like having that car and thinking it's going to start up and run with no gas in it. And that's, that's often like how we do this life. We, tr- we try to like push the car down the road. We try to like get it to start. Like we're trying to like make this like amazing, miraculous machine run, but we haven't even touched the gas can yet. Steve, let us know how that goes. We need a visual uh, demonstration of this. How, how well the car runs down the road without gas. That's how we try to live this life without prayer. So many of you have texted me and called me this week and say, pray for so-and-so. They're getting worried. Pray for so-and-so. They're being overwhelmed by fear and doubt. Like, pray for so-and-so. And the list goes on. And I'm I'm right there with you. I'm not acting like I'm I'm in a better spot because but the difference is is I get down on my hands and knees. And I say, All right, God, I'm giving this to you again today. So fun story maybe. Um so when Blake was I think he was maybe eight years old, maybe ten, I can't remember. So my my younger brother, we're eleven years apart. He's graduating from high school in Traverse City, Michigan. And so uh, it was a long trip. You know, we couldn't exactly afford the fly at that time. And we had decided, Myra and I had prayed about it, and we decided to give my little brother a, a graduation present, my Isuzu Rodeo. Um, it was paid for. It was a cash car. And so I thought, how cool would it be? And I told our family, but I didn't tell uh, my younger brother. I said, how cool would it be to take the rodeo and surprise him on graduation day and uh, Blake and I could do it like a guy's road trip. So we jumped in the car. We're in Houston, Texas. We drive like I don't know how many thousand miles to to Traverse City, Michigan, which is a beautiful trip, by the way. And for those of you that love road trips and, and don't like um, airplanes, like it's perfect. So we make it to um, Chicago, Illinois. And Blake and I are having a blast. You know, great weather. It's summertime. Like, it's beautiful. It's a, it's a guy's road trip. I think I bought him a Bionicle back in the day. It's kind of like a Lego. So he's, like, loving his Bionicle, building it. And we're in, I timed this poorly. We're in Chicago 5 o'clock traffic on the outskirts. <laughs> I mean, it's still pretty. The sun's shining. We're trying to get through Indiana and then get through Michigan, if you guys have ever driven that road. And we're with everyone else in Chicago and in the Midwest at this time. So the Isuzu Rodeo is a five-speed. And right in that five o'clock traffic, I noticed that the shifter, the clutch started getting a little gummy. Like, it's like, oh my gosh, are you kidding? And, it, and sure enough, what do you have to do in a standard when you're in traffic? So all the way in the traffic, I feel the... The clutch slipping more and more and more and more, getting more and more spongy. So when we got to the Michigan state line, it was 6, 6 o'clock, maybe 7 o'clock in the evening. Sun's going down on a Friday night. And I thought, wow, I don't know if we're going to make it. And it just so happens that his graduation was that next morning at 10 a.m. And he doesn't know that we're coming. So... We pull into a mechanic shop. I think it was next to a Walmart there in Michigan. And I asked the guy, I said, hey, 
um, how much and how long is a is a uh, clutch job, or can you take a look at it? And he looked at it and he said, "Oh, your your clutch is definitely going." <laughs> he goes, "I don't know how much more time you have," and he goes, "But we can't touch this until Monday." And I said, "Was there any kind of emergency mechanic around that?" Could, and you guys know I'm asking for the impossible, right? That's how my brain works. Um, and he said, "Man, everybody's closed till Monday." He said, "You're just gonna have to maybe get a rental car, whatever you can do." And, and there's no rental car around in this area. So I jump back in the truck, and Blake asks, is his 8-year-old or 10-year-old little mind, is everything okay? Are we going to make it? And, of course, as a dad, I'm standing there going, man, I, I, I hope so. So we crank up the car, and we just planned to drive as far as we could. Is that right? What were the alternatives at that point? Maybe to rent a car the next day. And so this was back before cell phones. So I've got a print of MapQuest, like three sheets of directions from MapQuest. I think we're on page number two. And we're driving to Michigan, and I made this deal with God. I started to get overwhelmed with fear, like literally to the point where Blake next to me is enjoying the trip of his lifetime with his dad, right? What he doesn't know is going on inside of me is like panic, like we're not going to make it. We're going to be stranded somewhere. Like I, don't, I have no. I've never been. I've never been here before. So I've never visited my sister's house in Michigan yet. And um, and I just started getting overwhelmed and frustrated. Most of the time, men get frustrated. And I finally stopped and I I prayed. I said, God, I said, if we all do at times, and I'm not advising this, but I made a deal with God. I said, God, if if you'll get me to to my sister's house, my brother's house. Um, I, I, I'm going to thank you the whole way there. Like, I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to be afraid. And, sh and so we set off on the road. And from that moment on, I had peace about it. And every time fear crept in, I gave it to God. I said, God, no, if I, I've given this to you. You're getting us all the way there. And so all the way there, I was able to enjoy a trip with Blake, even though every time I hit that clutch, like I lost a little bit more. <laughs> And a little bit more. And so midnight, we arrive in Traverse City, Michigan. At midnight. It's pitch black. Remember, I don't have a cell phone, so I can't let anybody know I'm there. Um, I can't, like, map to my sister's street. And I noticed on page three of the directions, the that last half of the page didn't print. <laughs> and so I don't even know how to get to my sister's house where my younger brother is. And then again, I prayed, and we, pull, we pulled into the top of the hill, downtown lights, no one's up. And there was, I remember there was a light on the street, and I prayed, God, I, I don't know how we're going to get to my sister's house. Matter of fact, I, I had no more clutch left. I was in second gear, um, and I didn't know how to get going again. And I prayed, God, if you'll help us get there, like, I, I know you're going to help us get there because we're here. Like, we're in Traverse City, Michigan. And she, this vehicle pulls up next to us and said, do you guys need any help? And I leaned out and I said, yes, we sure do. I said, I'm trying to find this particular street. It's where my sister lives. And Blake is watching the whole time. He's ready to get there at midnight. And they said, oh, yeah, just take a left and a left and you'll be there. So I said, great. I said, um, one more thing. Could you help push us down this hill so I can jump start my car with the and get going? And he said, absolutely. So this man and his wife pushed us down the hill, and we got the car going in second gear and drove all the way to my sister's house. So we ended up 
the clutch fully goes out. I have no more RPM, like no more ability to go forward. And we coasted, and I think the car even dies at this point, right? Lights come on. We coast right into my sister's driveway where all the lights on in the house. The first time I'd been there. And I stopped for a second and I said, thank you, God. Right? I don't know. This is one of those things. I don't know what God did or didn't do. Like, I don't know if that just happened to be the, the absolute mechanical point of failure for that clutch. But funny enough, it was right in my sister's driveway where I, where I asked God to take it. The reason why I tell you that story is there's nothing too big or too small for God. Even a pandemic, like even the loss of a job or a loved one, there's nothing too big or small. He just wants us to call out to him. You know, sometimes I just, I get on my knees and I say, Father, like, I need you. I'm overwhelmed. You know, sometimes as silly as that car story is, it's like, I just have to remind myself, you know, do I really believe that he's in control and that he's up there or that he's with me right here? Like, yeah, we all have doubt. Especially when we realize our mortality. It's easy to doubt. But in the end, God says, I love you and I have you. I promise. But even if, and I dare to say it, if we find ourselves standing next to him tomorrow morning, it's okay. It's okay. And I think once we're in his presence, it's going to be so full of love, so overwhelming, so peaceful. We're going to look back and feel sorry for the rest of us suckers that are here on this earth, right? It's, like, it's true, though. But I'm just saying, just imagine for a moment, just know without a doubt, He is with you. That same peace that we're going to have when we're standing right next to Him in heaven, standing with our brothers and sisters in heaven, that same peace is available to us right here on this earth, even while we fight in this spiritual battle that we're in. If Jesus is the God of the universe, and if Jesus got away and prayed often, maybe it's good for us to do that too. You know, if the God of the universe had to get away and pray, and have solitude. Maybe he was modeling that for us. To say, it's that important for you guys too. Luke 6, 12-13 says, Jesus went to a mountainside to pray. He spent the night praying to God. When the morning came, he called his disciples to him. Mark 3, 7 says, Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the lake. And a large crowd from Galilee followed. Matthew 14, 13 says, When Jesus heard that John the Baptist had died, he was beheaded. He withdrew to a boat privately to a solitary place. In this last one, Mark 6, 31 through 32. These are all in your notes, by the way. Because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat. Jesus said to his disciples, Come with me by yourself 
to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. God and Christ are trying to tell us that getting away and praying will get us to peace. It will. It'll give us the peace that we want. So if you don't have peace in your hearts and minds right now, like my question is, when's the last time you got away and prayed? Like it, it's, it's a, it's, I'm using my logical side of my mind right now. It's like two plus two equals four. It's like pray, prayer equals peace. Philippians 4, 7 again says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We have to pray. So anytime in the next week or two weeks and you feel like somebody's being overwhelmingly fearful or they're anxious or they're going stir crazy, just say, hey, let's pray. Let me pray for you. You know, anytime they're starting to like come unglued, we start to come unglued on one another because we're frustrated or something's not going right. Or our employer calls and gives us gives us bad news. Or one of our family members calls and gives us news we didn't want to hear. Say, hey, can can we pray? Anytime, I just want to encourage you. I think that's what this whole passage is about. Anytime those things come into our life or those fears start to take us over, and men, when we start to get angry or frustrated, or ladies, when we try to control or try to try, try to get fearful as well, or whatever it might be. Let's just pray. The peace. I love this definition. I'm going to steal it from a pastor friend of mine. Peace. The definition of that, it's the calm assurance knowing what God is doing is best. That's peace. And prayer gets us there. It's God, I don't understand it. Like, I'll just tell you, I don't understand pandemics. Like, I don't understand sickness and disease. I don't understand cancer. I mean, my best guess is to say it's it's God's reminder that we are living in a fallen world. Like we are. We're not there yet. This last part, and I'll get to the finish line. This is going to help with prayer, I think, if you take it seriously. It's a question that only you only you can answer. And let me start with this statement. Our view of God impacts how we talk to Him. How we connect with Him. Think about that for a moment. The way we view God impacts all of how we relate to Him. So which one of these is accurate for you? Is He a distant God? Is He too busy? Is he a punishing God? A gotcha God? Like, ha, I caught you sinning again. Is he a genie God? Your wish is my command. Is he imaginary God? Maybe he's not real. Why bother? Or maybe he's this last one. He's our Father God. He's Abba Father. And I, I don't know where you are with this, but I, I can promise you, just start with where you are. But be ready to be ready to say and acknowledge maybe 
I don't know God the way He wants me to know Him. Maybe I'm not relating to God and spending time with Him because, like I don't, because He's a distant God, He's a busy God, or He's just wanting me to follow all these rules. Like I promise you, that's not what it's about, and that's not what's in His heart. I believe He's more accurately described. And we'll look at what Jesus said and what the Apostle Paul said as our Father God. Romans 8.15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit by adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. That was Paul. This one's, this one's Paul also. Galatians 4.6 And because you are sons and daughters, God has set forth the spirit of his Son into your hearts crying out, what? Abba, Father. That means Father God. And this is from Jesus. Mark fourteen thirty six, And he, Jesus, said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will be done. So there's only two places in Scripture, two people in Scripture that use this phrase, Abba Father. It's because it, it really describes the close relationship that Paul and Jesus both had with our Father God. And that's kind of what I'm, what I'm trying to say to us this morning to you is, is can you, will you, and do you approach our, the God of the universe as your Father God? Can you say anything to him? We are children of the Most High God. We are holy because he is holy. There's nothing we can do to make him love us any less or any more than he does right now. Think about that for a moment. Like he loves you so much. He loves us so much and he wants to hear from us. He knows what we're going through. And we can't do anything to make him love us any more or any less than he does right now. So let me wrap up with this and then we'll have the band come up. Faith conquers fear. Today, tomorrow, and what's ahead. You are sons and daughters of the Most High King. You do have a Father God. God never said our life would be easy or pain-free. He didn't, he didn't promise us that things would be easy. He just said, I will be with you. As our worship team comes up, and before we pray, I just want you to think about that. God loves you more than you know. And He is with us. He is with us in the planning of handling this storm. I see God in all of the solutions that they're finding to help us that are remaining in this fight. I see God in the way that our community is loving one another. And I see God in you. Continue to be an encouragement to one another. Continue to be a light in our community. I'm going to read this scripture one last time before we play. Listen to these words. Philippians 4, 4-9 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. 
I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you that you are in control. Father, I thank you, as strange as it might sound, I thank you for just stopping us, slowing us down, letting us get, have an opportunity to put you back um, in our minds, in our hearts, in the center, the way you've always wanted. Father, thank you for giving us opportunities this week to call a friend, to send encouragement, uh, to be a part of what the church is doing here as we love the community. Father, thank you for all those that are in their living rooms right now. Uh, I thank you that you are there too. In Jesus' name, amen.